Welcome back to Ethan on Action. I'm your host, Ethan Bowden, joined here by Peter. And today we're going to be talking multiverse movies, Chris Hemsworth, and top 10 movie cameos. Let's do it. The reason behind the cameo thing is, you know, after watching how many <laughs> multiverse movies are, that's what they essentially are. Just a big cameo fest. Yeah, absolutely. Like big fan service kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. So we'll start off with Across the Spider-Verse. Sequel to, wait, is it? Wait. Yeah, Across the Spider-Verse. Okay. You got it right. You got it right. Okay. Into is the first one, right? Yeah, Into, okay. Across, and then Beyond is the final Interesting. So we watched this together after I had a 13-hour flight <laughs> from Prague. Yeah, you're full of energy that night. I was like, let's do it. Let's do it. I can catch a 10 p.m. show. I don't care. I don't care, man. We need sleep. <laughs> you were out after like half an hour. <laughs> and I passed, around, uh, I passed out around the time when they were chasing him. Yeah. I was kind of like in and out of consciousness throughout the entire movie. Oh, yeah, I noticed. <laughs> <laughs> you feel like, <laughs> you're like shake open. I thought it was because it was like during the chasing, but no, it's just you. <laughs> I, I was going to do the um, like Casino Royale thing. I wake up like, <laughs> you, you okay? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, good, exciting movie going on here. Well, I mean, from what I remembered, it was pretty good. Um, I'm part, I think part of the re- well, obviously I was tired. Yeah. But I think part of it too was it was the movie moves so fast, montagey, mm-hmm. coming at you a thousand miles per hour, that it just slows down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, did, I I definitely felt some some pacing type of issue. I, I don't want to say issues, but yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah, it was starting for me, who's tired. I was like, oh man. No, I I <laughs> like whoa. I felt it too, like as. Someone who loved the first movie, like the first movie is probably, if not number one, my second favorite Spider-Man movie overall. Uh, going into this, I guess I did have some pretty high expectations. Uh, but yeah, the, the there were parts where I, I felt the pacing of it. I was like, oh, this is like really slowed down quite a bit. And I know they were building character, building story and everything like that. But yeah, I, I felt it too, even as a like totally wide awake person. <laughs> no. Do you think this is better than the first one? No, no. Okay. I, I really enjoyed this one, but yeah, the first one's just on another level. Is it because this one ends on a cliffhanger? No. I, I no. didn't care about the thing. I actually forgot that it actually was going to end on a cliffhanger, so it did well in that it drew me into the story so much that I totally forgot. Because I thought they were like ready to go for like this third act. And then, right. And then you see, to be continued, I'm like, oh, it surprised me, but I, I didn't care about it. Okay, now by the time the third act happened, I was wide awake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Again, and I do remember that last part being very well done because mm-hmm. they were pulling some uh, big twist. Yeah, and uh, where I and I also found it kind of creepy too with uh, how the music swelled up. Mm-hmm. It, it was like happy music, but there was something dark around the corner. Oh yeah, there's yeah that the whole third act is just full of darkness, really, yeah, and I was like, wow that this is really good filmmaking mm-hmm. um coming from a person who only watched like fifteen minutes of it. yeah <laughs> it is actually really beautiful filmmaking though like on an animation level, oh my God, like this is one of the most beautiful movies I've seen the like in the first movie where you're really just in one universe, but you get um different animation styles for the different characters in this. This one, you get, like, different animation styles for their own universes. And so the amount of, like, different animation styles going into it, it was just, like, the thought process and, like, what they had to go through to, like, design this thing. I, just, I can't imagine. It's beautiful stuff. 
I did listen to a podcast where the directors were on there. They were talking about that. Mm-hmm. The part where they fight the vulture. Yeah. You know, he came from the Renaissance era. Yeah. They were saying how they looked up a lot of Da Vinci paintings that crept them out. <laughs> they, they found it disturbing. Yeah. They're yeah, like, he, he, his design was disturbing. They're like, even for us, it was tough, but uh, <laughs> that's how we were able to come up with that design. Yeah. It was so cool. It was, it was fresh because that is what separates the generations of Spider-Man that we've all grown up with, right? Mm-hmm. The different levels of animation, especially the animated series. Yeah. And then the one, you know, the early 60 ones, the one where he's pointing at each other. Watch this. <laughs> was it great? <laughs> <laughs> and then they had the, I don't know, the X-Tune ones. <laughs> Um, the the X Men Evolution versions mm-hmm. that era whole era. Now, how do you? Maybe we should talk about this after. I was gonna I was gonna ask how does it stack up against other multiversal movies, mm-hmm. but uh, we'll hold on to that. Yeah, we'll hold on to that one. Now, next one you didn't watch this, which is The Flash. Mm-hmm. I I know a bunch of the spoilers and all that stuff now though. So okay, you can, you can talk freely. <laughs> okay. Well, I saw it twice. Yeah. Oh, you saw it twice now. Yeah. Jeez. Saw it a second time two nights ago. Did you like it more the second time? No. <laughs> you, you liked it less. No. <laughs> same I, level. Same level. Okay. Uh, I've read reviews, heard people's takes on it, like the Ringer guys, how most of them hate it. I don't hate it. Mm-hmm. I don't know why people are trashing this movie. I mean, there's much worse comic book movies yeah that just came out recently <laughs> like <from> marvel <laughs> multi multiverse of madness is way worse than this movie and yet they were they still embraced that to a degree or they were understanding how like oh it's because of this and that and mm-hmm. that well that yeah, but here they kind of i some of them were like really praising thor ragnarok or not, yeah. not ragnarok um god Love and thunder, thunder. Yeah. but this one i mean it's not nearly as bad as as those movies, and they're they're making it seem like it's the they're making it seem like it's Batman or Robin or Elektra. Um, it's not. It's not a bad movie. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what is bad about it that I personally did not enjoy was Ezra Miller's performance themselves. Mm-hmm. That was the only thing that took me out of it. Mm-hmm. But other than that, everything else was great. Was it both performances, like both timeline performances, that took you out, or was it one main one that like took you out of it? <laughs> okay, here's the thing. <laughs> Ezra Miller is 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 really good at acting the dramatic parts, mm-hmm. the dramatic beats. Mm-hmm. Where he, oh, sorry, where they lose their edge is when they do the quirky young guy stuff. Ezra Miller's a guy. I can say that. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry. The Flash <laughs> the is a Flash. male. I can say that. <laughs> Very Allen. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Take that back. <laughs> okay. Whenever whenever Ezra Miller plays the young, like a, a quirky young version, Barry, yeah. Barry it, it's off because I believe Ezra Miller is older now. Uh, they are in their 30s. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't really match. It, it does become cringy. Yeah. I think another aspect of their performance that... Because mm, even when you watch the earlier movies, like uh, Justice League, um, Batman... Was it just Justice League they've been in? I can't. I can't even keep track. A little snippet in the Batman vs Superman, like that. Okay, weird... but but it's just yeah. Justice League primarily. Yeah, right? primarily. Okay, so when they created the Flash in that movie, they tried to make the Flash too much like Tom Holland's Spider Man. 
much of the hey there mr spark oh hey <laughs> yeah which tom Hell can pull off but <laughs> yeah but the flash shouldn't be like that in the cartoons the flash was like this cool cocky guy right not this bumbling idiot <laughs> like ooh, oh gee golly <laughs> in the flash tv show cw like do you he, he's kind of a mix between the two do you feel yeah right, but he, right? yeah. but he plays him as an older not an, uh, like an old man but you know a 27 year old okay yeah <laughs> Ezra Miller tries to play him like he's 13 or something. <laughs> oh, gee golly. Uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> Holy West. Oh, I th- oh, am I talking too much? Oh, I'm talking too much. Oh, I am talking. You know, all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah whenever they do that stuff, it just takes me out of it. Okay. The rest of the movie is fine. I know there's a lot of complaints about the CGI. It didn't bother me that much. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure. They were, it, it was like, it was their depiction of the speed force. Mm-hmm. When they travel back in time, the way people look. Or different, mm-hmm. but overall, uh, action-wise, was, was there? I know you just thought about it, but was there like a weightlessness to the the action, like, or did you feel like no? It's, it's not as bad as the first Spider-Man. The yeah. first Spider-Man was very weightless and it's yeah. swinging took me out of it. Mm-hmm. The action, the action is actually very good in this movie, I'd say. Hmm. Uh, another thing, another thing I want to praise because now that I'm all about architecture because I've been to Europe. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you got to bring it up somehow. Now, now that I'm a culture, now that I'm a cultured individual, on my I, uh, backpacking trip through, um, well, I really appreciated the depiction of this uh, the uh, DC cities in this movie. Uh, I think I believe it's called Star City, yeah, and Gotham City. They are the way they are depicted are very different from what we've seen in the Nolan movies, and to a degree, the Batman movies because they those movies try to make them like their real life, our world, modern cities. Which is just boring, let's be honest. It's just like square buildings. In this time, they shot entirely in Europe uh, for the exteriors. Mm-hmm. I believe they shot in Scotland and a little bit of London. Yeah. And it really shows, especially when they're in Gotham City, because Gotham is supposed to be, you know, gothic. And, uh, Did it have that Tim Burton gothic vibe? No, 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 no. It didn't. It had that European city vibe. Okay. Because I, Which is pretty gothic. On, it is. Because that, that's how I felt when I was walking through Rome. I was like, whoa, this is like Gotham City. So when I, when I watched The Flash, I'm like, oh, wow, they, they went to Europe for this one. Yeah. So bravo to them on that one. Of course, I got to talk about Michael Keaton. Yes, please. Literally did not miss a beat. <laughs> Love that, man. He does that, twer- that, that head thing he does. I was like, oh, hey. Oh. <laughs> like instantly. It's like a bobblehead. But yeah, he's like, oh. <laughs> oh, hey, let's go. <laughs> he's Beetlejuicing it <laughs> yeah basically um, the action for both Batmans are very well done the Ben Affleck's Batman and oh he gets Mike. an action scene huh? they both get action scenes interesting um, Michael Keaton's action <laughs> it looks cool but it makes no sense because he's supposed to be what 70 and, he, and he's just like throwing sidekicks like he's Donnie Yen <laughs> Sick. <laughs> what are you talking about? Donnie Yen's like seventy years old. Donnie's <laughs> sixty. He's getting there. But the way, the way, just the amount of kicking he does reminded me of that Mission Impossible two skit. I was like, oh, well, I, I just think he wouldn't kick like that. Oh, let's just call it kicking impossible. <laughs> we'll, we'll just call it kicking impossible. The parody of it. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Still there. That's good with Ben Stiller. That, that's yeah. exactly what it felt like. He's just kicking everybody. <laughs> yeah. And also, at one point, he does go toe to toe with a Kryptonian. Which does not make sense. <laughs> yeah, he's got no powers at all. No. Yeah. Now, the the thing, uh, another thing I also like uh, after watching these movies back to back, they're yes, they're both multi, they're both movies about the multiverse, but they're telling the exact opposite lesson 
which I think is really cool. Mm-hmm. So in Across by the Verse, it's Miles not accepting what's meant to be. And he's like, nah, I'm going to do my own thing. Why didn't you get the system? It. Yeah. yeah. Whereas <laughs> The Flash is about accepting the system. Hmm. Hmm. So you just got to move on. You got to let it happen. Which is a much more adult lesson, I would say. <laughs> okay, yeah. Which further illustrates why The Flash should not be portrayed like he's a teenager. <laughs> Just swap spots. <laughs> he should be like he should be like a twenty-seven year old, like he should, like twenty-five. He's more <laughs> mature. He learns his lesson, and now he's gotta move on. He's gotta accept it. He's acting like he's thirteen. <laughs> yeah. Whereas, yeah, he is. But whereas, across Spider Verse, you know, he's a kid. Mm-hmm. He's like, nah, <laughs> I'm gonna do my own thing. But that was Great a bit destiny. different. But yeah. it works. But it works in different ways. I mean, there's a lot of things in Across the Spider Verse that builds up to that moment. Mm, yeah. Such as, I mean, we we got to talk about the race thing. Like, obviously, there's other Black Spider-Man, but you know, you know how they kind of like imbued that early on, like with his mom talking. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, they're not gonna accept you. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, sure, they're talking about him becoming a man, teenager, and also Spider-Man, but also he's black, going to prep school. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> I like that duality. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a, a differentness to him that he's supposed to accept and all that. Yeah. And I, like I, I liked um, Gwen's arc in it as well. Like just from her at the beginning, just pushing everyone away and everything, and then getting to the end of it where she has to call everyone in, and then they have to go rescue. So it's her acceptance that she does need to accept people in her life and everything. So, yeah. Now, I think another thing too is had the order of these movies, the way they were released, had the Flash come out before No Way Home. Before Across Spider-Verse. I think it would have been received much better than it did. Because there, there's a bit of multiverse fatigue also. Yeah. Even me, myself. I'm like, okay. <laughs> it's crazy how they all oh, they're just, like jammed together and just like coming out back to back to back. Yeah. yeah and you had like an Oscar winner as a multiverse movie. And yeah, it's, it's like everywhere now. It's ingrained into like pop culture and... It's almost like it's a cheap, a much. it's like a cheap narrative device, almost yeah. a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. But no, those are my feelings about the Flash. Uh, let's move on to our third topic: main event, Extraction Two. We watched this together on a big screen at Indy's house. Yeah, big TV. Of course, he's not in theaters because this would have been great to watch in theaters. That that was the um, well, I told you that story, but I'll say it on the podcast. Mm. <laughs> I was so pissed <laughs> when I found out they did a they did a screening with the celebs in Sam Hargrave in Prague, mm-hmm. literally down the street from my hotel. Oh, this is when you were in Europe. Oh, yeah, when yeah. I was in Prague. Oh yeah, yeah. When I was in Prague, I was like, I, I go, I throw up on Instagram. I see Sam Hargrave. It's like, thank you, Prague. You were great. <laughs> like, right after. I'm like what? <laughs> <laughs> and I Google it. I was like, where is this place? Ten minutes away from my hotel. I'm like, what? <laughs> walk there. God damn it. <laughs> oh man, that would suck though. <laughs> okay, open the album with the floor. What are your initial thoughts on Extraction uh, Two? Amazing action, <laughs> just ramping it up and the escalation of. Uh, obviously, we're gonna talk about the winner. We're gonna get there. Uh, just to start the story wise, how would you compare it to the first movie? Like, do you find? They did enough to escalate it or like, I don't know, like to, to go from the first movie to the second movie. And was it worthy of a sequel in a way, I guess, with the story? 
Yes. Yeah. I think instead of... So here's here's what they did. They did what, they went bigger with the action, but mm-hmm. they went more deeper with the story. Yeah. More emotions. And I guess something if, more connected if you were to call Reed. it, this is the, technically the lore. <laughs> the lore. <laughs> like, I'm not a lore guy, but there are people like that. It's like, the lore. Yeah. So it goes... I, I'm going to talk more on my video essay, but it does make it... Uh, it makes more sense why he cares for children as much as he does, mm-hmm. especially after the, in the first one. Like I didn't buy that relationship <laughs> for that kid at all. I'm like, why do you care? Yeah. Who's this guy? <laughs> huh? I didn't. I, yeah. I didn't feel they had a connection at all. Yeah. yeah. Not at all. But, but after knowing what happened to his kid, how he abandoned his son, mm-hmm. it makes more sense now. Mm-hmm. Now he's just like trying to make up for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I bought the antagonistic relationship between this kid and him a little bit more because they they do have a little bit of a history. It's like he's seen him play with his kid before and all that stuff. Uh, and this kid with all his kind of brainwashing, living in prison, and everything like how he like, yeah, it's just like uh, whatever. You're a killer. Or you're worse than my father, kind of thing. So I I like that little bit of um play between the two of them and and uh, that scene where they're actually like talking on the balcony. It was actually kind of interesting. So yeah, I was surprised that even took place because I thought his relationship play was going to be with a girl, mm-hmm. not yeah. him. Yeah, not at all. So that kind of came in a surprise. <laughs> yeah, out of nowhere. Up. I was like, whoa, this kid's important now? Yeah. I'm like, yeah. wait, they're doing the same thing as the first one? <laughs> what? <laughs> but I bought it more. <laughs> uh, all right, let's get into the action, though. <laughs> well, let, let's talk about this. Let, okay. uh, definitely a, uh, a level up would be the villains this time around. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything about Georgian terrorists, the Nagazi. I don't know what I they are. I don't think that's real. But... Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> Did you Google it? I didn't Google it. Are they, to me, they, they came off as like Russian terrorists. Yeah, or Chechen. Or... Chechenian. Chechenian. Or, uh, Chechenian were, would be their rivals. Or, oh, that's their rivals? Enemies, yeah. So they're not. Because they, they, they thought initially, like, that's who attacks us in prison, Chechens. And okay. like, no, it was something else. But th- those were the guys I was thinking of. Yeah. Um, not to say... <laughs> okay, I'm not trying to say... <laughs> I'm not trying to say Khabib and his team and <laughs> Hamzat are terrorists or anything. <laughs> I'm just saying that I, I thought they were from that neck of the woods. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, maybe they that, that came into play with the choreography because if you notice, their base was wrestling mm-hmm. when they fought him. Yeah, there's a lot of grappling. It was there. primarily grappling. That, yeah. That's the way they were able to neutralize him a lot mm-hmm. of the times. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I didn't recognize who the like, main bad guy was, Zurab. Like I thought he was like an MMA fighter. I was, trying, I was trying to place him. Like is this guy, like an MMA guy. Like, and he's kind of got the cauliflower ears as well. So, I I didn't actually look it up. Do you know who the, the no. actor is? No or? idea. Yeah. No idea. I feel like he is like an actual MMA guy though. No idea. I thought the villain was going to be Idris Elba <laughs> when they announced that he's in the movie. Well, uh, this is gonna be the third one. You got to well, build up to it. Well, he works. He works under him because uh, when they met, I was like, "Whoa, they're the same size. Whoa, they're going to <laughs> yeah, fight." You kept tapping. Me. <laughs> oh, my, I'm like, "Oh my same god! Size. Oh my god!" <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was going to be the villain, but but no, these villains were great. Yeah. A lot of a lot of great set pieces. Mm-hmm. I also like how he had a team this time. Mm-hmm. I'm not just two people. It's like like thirty guys. Yeah, yeah. We we never meet any of them. They're all <laughs> yeah, a lot of red, red shirts. shirts. <laughs> yeah, that's what they get. <laughs> Driving that jeep too slow. That's what you get. That's what you get. <laughs> or like that one uh, that part where they arrive at the train station and there's one guy just standing there. He's like, oh, this way. <laughs> I'm like this. Guy, that, that's that, that's his one job. <laughs> Point. Everybody, everybody else is like getting shot at and killed. He's like, uh, yeah, over there. 
<laughs> no, like, but the the other two got some time to shine. Like, especially um, I think her character is Nikki in the movie. Nick, Nick, Nikki. Like her um, her little sequence in the train part of it, uh, where they're fighting in the 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 main train. The I don't know what do you call that the the main train, whatever the front one. But like her little knife battle with the like the two three guys or whatever. Um, really well done choreography in a tight space with someone technically that is smaller in stature, mm-hmm. but they they choreographed it so well that you could see her using her whatever her strengths are to to like actually kill these guys with the knives and everything. I didn't so, really buy it. Yeah. I like it. I <laughs> like she's it. she's literally a quarter of their size. How <laughs> is she like, been, like moving the one guy's arm with a knife? I, mean, I didn't buy it. But I no, it's cool though. <laughs> that uh, that was certainly a dispensation of. Uh, yeah. disbelieve a little bit there. Yeah, you have to do that for the whole train sequence. Oh, you kind of have to. You kind of have to. <laughs> what did you think of the whole train sequence, the wonder? Okay, let, let's let's, let's, talk, let's start from the beginning. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> no, hold on. Before we get... What do you think this compared to the, uh, the wonder in part one? Uh, great building on it, I guess. You know, like they, they went for a longer thing. Um, I felt two-thirds of it were masterpiece, amazing. And then the third part of it the train sequence for me kind of just went real over the top to video gamey. Yeah, I, uh, I love that part. <laughs> <laughs> that's my favorite part. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's me. That's a, especially because you know, the behind the scenes, how they actually had, Five guys land on the train. Yeah. They're they're not tethered in at all to the yeah, helicopter. That, that part's amazing. They're actually hanging up, and the fact that the helicopter is literally next to Sam Hargrave filming, <laughs> or another part where they keep talking about this, how the rotors were like ten feet away from Chris Hemsworth while mm. he's shooting. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yeah. How can I, mean, you not, I haven't seen any of the back behind the scenes stuff. How so. can you not love that? <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I really want to know like all the Sam Hargrave stuff and like even like that middle portion through driving through with the jeeps. What what would he strapped to, <laughs> with his camera and him and like just riding around because like the camera movements were amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. Well, I, I'll flat out say it. I think it's far superior to the first one. Yeah. As much as I did like the first one, the, the thing I didn't like, uh, one thing that stuck out to me about the first one, just narratively, it was kind of not hard to follow, but I was I didn't know who to root for because mm-hmm. remember the first one, it was like he's saving the boy, but then he's chased by the cops, and there's another guy. Who's a bad guy? Yeah, but, the main, um, but he's not a bad guy because he's actually helping the, the boy. Anti-hero guy, yeah. Meanwhile, Hemsworth, Hemsworth is like slitting these cops' throats who could be innocent for all we know. <laughs> they are. They're <laughs> just supposed to catch a few. <laughs> yeah. Whereas this one, okay, he's fighting terrorists. Yeah. So right off the bat, narratively, it made a lot more sense. It made it more satisfying when he kills these guys. Yeah. Even the, in the prison, like, you know, they're all bad guys. Yeah, they're all bad guys. Whereas the first one, you're like, that, that's just a cop. <laughs> Although he does hurt a lot of like prison guards in this, <laughs> ah, they probably deserve. It. <laughs> probably deserve. It. That's what you get. Yeah, and they were shot. In, that was shot in Prague, by the way. That's why I knew it was going to premiere at Prague. That's why I kept looking because mm-hmm. they said the winter sections were in Prague. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that at the beginning, that little sequence with the fire. That that's the one thing I kind of read about in the uh, behind the scenes like he was literally on fire like his arm they had like a timing thing where they had to like make sure they got the shot in before they had to put the fire out and everything it didn't even yeah. look real though yeah, it didn't look real but <laughs> apparently it was <laughs> so yeah. i guess they pulled it off i don't know i guess is so. that a good thing <laughs> that it didn't look real okay <laughs> now um how would you compare this to john wick 4 <sighs> it's hard to say cuz like john wick 4 is very stylized and Everything just looks beautiful. It's like an 
elevated art. Well, this one has maybe a little bit more grittiness to it, except for the some parts where it like, gets video, video gamey, but they, they really both get video gamey. Okay, uh, well, this one I'm going to say. Yeah. So for a while, it, there was like a friendly, well, not so friendly now, but a f- friendly at the time rivalry between Christopher Nolan and Tom Cruise. You know, the Tenet versus the Mission Possible movies. He's not friendly now. He's pretty angry. <laughs> Did you hear about that? Oh, yeah. The whole... Uh, the IMAX theater. Yeah, IMAX thing. He's pretty mad. <laughs> All right, all. Taking him on. <laughs> okay. So now that uh, Nolan kind of stepped back because he made Oppenheimer, it, it became... Uh, John Wick stepped into the frame now. Because mm-hmm. John Wick 4 is like, hey, we're... No, no, no. We're the best action franchise. Mm-hmm. With this movie, I think Sam Hargrave took a step into it, too. I think it's like a trifecta Throwing now. his name in the ring. Yeah. Of- I think it's those three in terms of best action not necessarily movies, but set pieces of like how they're done. Yeah. Because I think, let's be honest, this plot, this style, this is basically like 20 other Liam Neeson movies or Gerard Butler movies. <laughs> what, what separates it is the quality that comes into the action. Mm-hmm. So I, what I believe, just from the action alone, it elevates it into that ring, mm-hmm. that upper echelon. Mm-hmm. Do you think Hemsworth, like how do you feel about him like pulling off what he can pull off and um, like just like how do you feel about him overall like well he's, he's half of the secret sauce right yeah so the other half is Sam Hargrave who's yeah. super talented like, when you just look at him so obviously creative. you, you creative. believe that he can pull off all the shit that he's doing yeah but he trains more than Keanu Reeves because <laughs> Keanu Reeves only does it for when he shoots the movies mm-hmm. Hemsworth trains year round he's so he... much older <laughs> yeah. but still but he, he trains year round and he's an actual martial artist mm-hmm. he's a Muay Thai guy interesting yeah so, just the level of effort and care that goes into it from him himself. Again, he's half of it, right? Yeah. Because without, without him, you don't have Sam Hargrave. Those two together. Yeah. They go one and one. It goes so well together. And plus, I, in one of the interviews, Hemsworth even said, he's like, hey, Tom Cruise can do it. I can do it. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yes. baby. Make it a competition. Yes. Everyone stuff up. Yes. That's good. That's good. Overall, I, I am very satisfied with it. I'm glad that yeah, this it was, was made. Mm-hmm. Really great, really entertaining movie, and I really wish we could see it on the big screen. Well, it's good because this is basically like telling everybody else in Hollywood, hey, people like this shit. People <laughs> like this shit. Yeah. I like the gray man, too, but this is better. <laughs> I know. I, li- I like the gray man, too. We're the only ones that do. <laughs> it's great. The it's great man? Yes. <laughs> okay, so before we move on to our t- top ten list, yeah. I, uh, I want to ask the question that I brought up earlier. Of all the multiverse movies that we've seen, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is the best? Like, do you think Across the Spider-Verse is the best or Into? Uh, or into, No Way Home? I would have put Into. Uh, I love that movie. That movie hit me on a level that I really was not expecting at all. I, w- I was just going into that just to watch a movie, uh, thinking I was going to get like a X-Men 97 kind of thing, or X-Men, yeah, whatever the animation cartoon was. Uh, but that blew me away. The... The sequence where like uh, Miles was rising up and the like, "Come at Me, Danger" that whatever that song is, <laughs> yeah, like that, like that hit me on a level that I never really experienced in a long time in a movie theater. So yeah, um, that's my number one overall as like any multiverse kind of movie. It is definitely the most well done because that came from scratch. Obviously, it's IP. But the way they made Miles Morales, I cared more about him than I did in any of the other characters in the multiverse movies. Mm-hmm. 
Um, obviously, No Way Home is excellent. Don't get me wrong. It's a close second. It's so entertaining. <laughs> it's really good. But yeah. the thing is, it doesn't happen without the history of all those Spider-Man movies. Like 20 Absolutely. years of history. Absolutely. So it, it, it's, that's, that's like a super cheat code, yeah. right? And actually, the all the little cameos, the live-action cameos that happen in the across the spiders that actually kind of took me out of it like yeah i, I didn't enjoy them too much you okay yeah but uh, i guess we'll get there so which uh cameos. cameos do you know about the flash uh so i know the big ones uh like nicholas cage yeah <laughs> that one. and then but it's not uh, really him though oh really okay yeah. i don't i didn't know about that <laughs> it's not what actually mean? him like he it, it's like a cgi of yeah. him or something yeah. oh really yeah it's like does, a deep he, does he lend his voice or something? Well, you kind of hear him go, ah. <laughs> okay, so is, is, is it a big moment? Well, he fights, he fights a giant spider. <laughs> okay. Yeah. What other cameos are you aware uh, of? I know the ending, so George Clooney. <laughs> yeah, that... Uh, <laughs> what the hell? That was, that was <laughs> when so, I read that, I was like, am I being like that something was, that's... <laughs> that was freaking awesome. I thought it was like the onion or like some kind of those like fake news things. That was so funny. <laughs> because Barry, even Barry goes, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> They're one fuck that they were able yeah. to use. <laughs> yeah, it was so funny. And uh, it also kind of makes no sense either because he, he has a... He has a goatee, like a beard. Yeah. It's like, how, how can he be Batman with a beard? <laughs> you know, because, you know. Makes no sense. And it made me wonder, um, because, you know, the Brave and Bold is supposed to be an older Batman. Yeah. It's like, are they going to keep Clooney for that? No way. <laughs> it's got to be like Keaton, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, he's dead. Oh. I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, he dies. Supergirl dies, too. Yeah, they, they all die. All uh, right. But it's multiverse. You can bring them all back. Well, that, that I think that's um, what I also hate about the multiverse. It's just mm. it feels like a cop out. <laughs> well, that that is an aspect that I really enjoyed about that storytelling. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's cool to see Keaton, but his Batman does not survive in Snyder's universe. He just <laughs> <No>. doesn't. <laughs> like how how can he take on Zod? <laughs> With all the advanced like technology and like aliens yeah. you're yeah. actually fighting. Yeah, and the things that he had access to. <laughs> Yeah, because he was still using his old school stuff. That's why he kept dying. <laughs> kept dying. Mm-hmm. So he had the yellow yeah. bat thing, right? Oh, yeah. That looks so cool. Okay. Uh, let's take a small break, and then we'll uh, get into our top 10 list. All right, we're back. So as a fun little exercise, as we did in previous episodes, for our top 10 list, you have five... I have five. None of them cross. Nope. So here are... And now, there, there are no particular order for myself. Yeah, yeah, for myself as well, no particular Like, how can you compare them? They're all... <laughs> There's, like, so much more I wanted to, like, throw in. So maybe we'll touch on them, like, honorable mentions. Okay, I'll let you start. Okay. Go. Uh, I will start off with uh, a little little one. Uh, so I feel like nowadays, Matt Damon is probably king of the cameos. I feel like he's cameoed in every single freaking movie ever. Uh, one of his first cameos, though, was in Euro Trip. If, if you remember that. No. During the whole no. teenage sex movie craze. I saw that movie like once. I, I don't remember <laughs> yeah. at all. But it is a great cameo, though, because <laughs> the whole build-up is like this virgin girlfriend or whatever. And then all of a sudden, Matt Damon comes in the scene. Does and, he play himself? Yeah. No, no. He, oh. No, he plays a boyfriend or the guy that like cheats on the main character or like the other guy 
other than Marion Carrier. But uh, Scotty doesn't know. <laughs> That's his mm. song. Like, he comes in the scene singing the song, and it's, like, a really catchy song. Even nowadays, it's, like, a Blink-182 kind of, hmm. like, song. Interesting. Look it up. Uh, but he's, like, <laughs> he's all, like, tatted, and he's got, like, these weird, like, piercings and all these things. His fingernails are painted. Like, he's ahead of his time. Wow. With the way he looks. So he's Travis Barker? Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a hilarious scene, and, uh, yeah, one of the great Matt Damon cameos. Interesting. What other cameos? Well, yeah, there's the Interstellar one, which right. came as a total shock, by the way, when first yeah. time. All the MCU stuff. Uh... Oh, yeah, that's true. I keep forgetting. <laughs> Okay, so uh, starting off from mine, I'm going to go with Wayne's World 2. The T-1000, Robert Patrick. Yes! Yes! (laughs) Remember watching that as a kid? I was like, what's going on? I'm like, is that Robert Patrick? Yeah. (laughs) And how he's like, have you seen this boy, John Connor? And Wayne just goes, ah! I remember like relating that so much because I remember I was terrified of the T one thousand. So if I saw that, I would just yell and run as well. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a, that's a good one. I was actually gonna mention instead of that one as, as a last side action note. hero. Yeah, yeah, with him and Sharon Stone. Yep. Oh, oh Sharon that, Stone. That would have been sick. <laughs> yeah. Okay, what's yours? Uh, next one, I got Billy Zane in Zoolander. <laughs> not, Do you know this one? You not, remember this one yeah, a little of bit? I watched it on the plane ride. <laughs> Not Steven Dorf? Nah, not in this one. Nah. <laughs> he was Zane, in that movie. Zane was a bigger deal. <laughs> Which is why I love this scene, because they made Zane out to be like such a big deal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the whole scene is amazing, but like you got Zoolander who's by himself and then Hansel with his whole crew. But all he needs is Billy Zane behind his back. <laughs> That's the backup you need right there. Yeah, the way how he stands, like he's gonna do something. Yeah. So like, this guy <laughs> give me problems. Hold my drink, babe. <laughs> this guy gonna give you problems. <laughs> I don't know about this guy. I heard he's crazy. Yeah, why don't you listen to your friend there, Billy Zane. He's a cool guy. (laughs) Yeah, good stuff. Okay, my next cameo. I have Michael Keaton, and it's not in The Flash. It's Michael Keaton in Out of Sight as Ray Nicolette. Oh. Because in the previous year, he played Ray Nicolette in Jackie Brown. Yeah. And this was one of the... Connected universe. Connected universe. But the funny thing, they weren't connected because they were different studios. So Same was, author, but different studios. Different studios. It was, it was kind of a big deal at the time. I was mm-hmm. like, whoa, that's cool. I remember watching the first time, like, because he shows up at the end. He's like, he's like hey. Yeah. Say, like, hey, how's yeah. it going? Such a sleaze bag. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I remember. Both, both movies are great, though. And that was when, like, the internet first happened. I was like, and I was like, wait, is that the same character from Jack Brown? <laughs> I, like, looked it up. Yeah. <laughs> would, would you pick, so, Out of Sight or Jackie Brown? What, which one do you like more? I think I like Out of Sight more. Yeah. I think so, yeah. As an overall movie, I, I think I enjoyed that one more, too. Yeah. All right. Uh, my next one is... Uh, let's go serious for a second, or serious as you can get, because it feels like it's everywhere now. Uh, I'm going to go with Alec Baldwin in Glengarry, Glen Ross. One scene. One scene. That's all it takes. Six minutes, six, seven minutes. He's in a movie full of, like, legends in acting. <laughs> and he absolutely... I don't want to say steal the movie, but like he's the one that everyone remembers from the movie. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't remember any of the movie. I, <laughs> I do, I forget that Al Pacino was in the movie. Yeah. But yeah, not even just Al Pacino. You got Jack Lemmon just doing one of the most amazing performances of a downtrodden 
guy ever. Gil? Uh, uh, Ed guys. Harris? Kevin... Uh, let's not talk about him, but... Uh, Kevin Rapey? <laughs> but, like, he just comes in with his brass balls. Mm. <laughs> like, just the the alpha male sales thing. Like, everyone that's probably in sales has to watch this thing. I'm sure they've either been forced or they, on their own, just watch this thing to, like, pump themselves out. So. Either this or the boiler room speech. Yeah. Those are like the two like, main ones. Yeah. Nowadays, like I feel like it's just on everyone's list when it comes to these kind of things, but it, it has to be on the list, really. So. Mm. <laughs> All right, I'm going to get a little serious, too. <laughs> so for context, I've been re-watching a lot of Wong Kar Wai movies lately mm. because uh, I was watching the behind-the-scenes of John Wick 4, and Stahelski talks about Wong Kar Wai a lot, how he's like, the look of the John Wick movies have, is stolen from Wong Kar Wai movies. Yeah, so I'm like, fuck, I gotta rewatch them. <laughs> so, <clears throat> bit of context. Days of Being Wild, In the Mood for Love, and 2046 are his uno- one of his unofficial trilogies. Mm-hmm. Wong Kar Wai does his little, he has his little mini universes thing, and he even has like an alternate universe too. In a way, he has like his own multiverse thing going on. Okay. For example... Fallen Angels was supposed to be the last story in Chunking Express, but he didn't have time, so he just made a different movie, but with the same actors. <laughs> so it's like a multiverse thing going on. Okay. So Days of Being Wild came out way back when, and it was the first of that trilogy. And the whole thing happens. There are three character arcs happen. Then out of nowhere, you think the movie's over, like the main character dies. You're like, okay, movie's over. All of a sudden... Cuts to Tony Leung <laughs> for Western audiences. That's Mandarin or uh, Wen Wu from yep. Sh- Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi. Yep. Tony Leung combing his hair, smoking his cigarette. It's like a wonder. He's in this tight apartment. It's just a one, like a three-minute wonder of him like getting ready to go out. No one knows what he's doing. You never know, and he just cuts. <laughs> that is the main character of In the Mood for Love. Yeah. Because you never, you never knew the context behind it until that movie came out. The actual character. Yeah, that's the it's, same, yeah actual same character. character. Hmm. And Maggie Chung from In the Mood for Love, she's one of the main characters in Days of Being Wild. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Yeah, and, you don't, and th- that's what's cool about it. You don't know this after the fact because there was no internet back then. You had no <laughs> idea. So when, when you rewatch these movies, you're like, wait, wait a minute. What? Wait, wait. Wait, his name's Mr. Chow. Wait. Wait, her name is Shu. Wait. <laughs> then you look it up, you're like, oh my God, it's the same. Yeah. <laughs> Super cool. God, Super I love cool. In the Mood for Love. <laughs> All right. Uh, next one for me <laughs> feels a little weird going after the, the whole Wong Kar Wai thing, but uh, I'm going to do Brad Pitt in Deadpool 2. <laughs> yeah, that's Wong Kar Wai level. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, same thing. Same thing. He doesn't talk just like Tony Leung in the <laughs> Days of Being Wild. Exactly. Just, you don't expect it at all. Um, so this one, I, I, I just love this overall scene, <laughs> this whole X, X, X factor, mm. <laughs> this whole scene. Cause it, it really subverts expectations. You're going into this movie thinking it's like a team up movie and they just kill off everyone in this scene. Uh, and then the Brad Pitt cameo is like the cherry on top. <laughs> like you don't expect really anything out of invisible man. <laughs> Cause it's a, just a funny running joke the whole time. And then you see a little flash of him and yeah, it really Perfect Jerry on top of the and he hilarious looked, scene. And he looked just like Brad Pitt in Bullet Train. His hair's a little shorter compared to that. But yeah. 
But that was kind of like the start of that stupid little universe they have where where they cameo in each other's movies. Yeah. yeah. And it becomes like yeah, less. Yeah, because you get Ryan Reynolds in there. Yeah, it becomes <laughs> less and less funny. You're like, oh, okay. <laughs> to add to that, I'm going to go with Channing Tayyum in This is the End. I had this on my list. So I removed it. I still say that every time. (laughs) I don't know his natural last name anymore. Where he shows up as a sex slave to Danny McBride. Oh, yeah. (laughs) He's like, hey, hey, what's up, guys? (laughs) Honestly, when Tate Yum came onto the screen or like came onto the scene um, as an actor and like everyone was like hyping around, I was like, I don't get this. Like, he's the most uncharismatic guy ever. Like, watch them in G.I. Joe and like, the fuck? Hey, it's Josh Hartnett without the charisma. Yeah, exactly. But then you get 21 Jump Street, which is just an amazing movie. And then you see like how much like he's willing to make fun of himself and stuff. Like, like now I kind of love this guy. <laughs> or actually, I, I, I don't kind of love him. I really love him. <laughs> I love yeah, to hang he, out with this guy. He took a break, though, for yeah. a while. Yeah, he did. Yeah, it's too bad. I really wish we could have got his gambit. I don't. No? I think he would have pulled it up. <laughs> yeah, but he, he was like adamant about doing the accent. <laughs> Okay, then that part of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Could have got the action down, though. <laughs> okay, what's yours? All right. Uh, I guess this is my last one. So I'm going to go with uh, Toby Maguire in Tropic Thunder. <laughs> mm. So uh, if anyone doesn't remember, beginning of the movie or wherever it occurred, but uh, there's a lot of fake trailers playing for all these fake actors <laughs> who have... Each has like a their own name, own character. It's not a real actor at all. And then it comes to the trailer of this like Oscar bait movie <laughs> about priests who want to fuck each other. And Tobey Maguire and Robert Downey Jr. are like just hamming it up. They're the <laughs> the facial expressions are like the most over the top, like amazing things you've ever seen. And the music that kicks in, like when their their seduction scene that kicks in, but the 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 thing that tops it off is the uh, five time Academy Award winner Kurt Lazarus, and <laughs> and best kiss winner of MTV Movie Awards <laughs> Tobey Maguire. That's the most hilarious thing I've ever seen. It's probably one of the big like my biggest laughs I've ever had in my life. So I had to put this at number one. Yeah, you get a little bit of a Iron Man and Spider Man thing, yeah. even though that was pre Iron Man. Yeah, but Before still. But here's the thing: that's not the first time they had a gay scene together. <laughs> what happened? Because <laughs> they made a movie previous to that together mm-hmm. where they're gay lovers, uh, Wonder Boys. I had to look it up just to make sure. That's oh, why really? I pulled out my phone. I haven't seen that. Sorry, Michael <laughs> Douglas. Yeah, they they haven't. Oh, was it an HBO thing? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like okay. one of those drama things. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Tommy McGuire and Robert Downey Jr., they get at it in that movie too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> They're comfortable. <laughs> all right, they, my last one. All they do is hold hands in this one. <laughs> and my last one, and my uh, maybe favorite. Nah, nah, it was pretty good. <laughs> well, even though it was kind of ruined after the fact. Okay. But at the time, my mind was blown Vin Diesel in Tokyo Drift. <laughs> I was generally surprised when the first time I saw it, because I had no idea. Yeah. I thought it was just... 
Like I know, I was like, who's he? Thought the movies were going in a different direction. Yeah, I thought they weren't related. I thought they were in a different multiverse. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, oh, he said he knew Han, and I was like, who the hell is he talking about? Is Brian back? Is Brian? Brian? Tyrese? He's like, oh, oh my god, the big dog. Even though it's ruined after the fact, how he's like, I got nothing but time. But it turns out he's like, oh, I'm here to look for the ki- kill lady's killer or Han's killer. Yep. You guys are going to go to space, right? Yeah. All right, that does it with this episode, guys. Thanks for listening. Please rate, review, subscribe. Check out our, my, my, our YouTube page, Ethan in Action, for some uh, video essays, creative content. And we'll, we will be there. Bye.